Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. All right, 2024 is our year of being devoted. Right. All right, so I said to the first service, we're not going to let foggy out there be foggy in here. It's all sunshine, all good in here, so we're going to just agree, we're going to, woo-woo, okay? It's just good for you, I promise, you'll feel better, all right? So being devoted means to be given to a purpose, consecrated, given to, over to, I'm, I have a purpose, I have a plan, my passions go there, my lifestyle goes there, my bank account goes there, I'm given over to it. Being devoted to God, what a year this is going to be. Come on, it's a great word for our house. Okay, if you are a little more, hmm, I'll find a good word for it, just give me a minute. Takes a while after you pass 45, guys. The words just kind of roam around in here, and you're like, where are you? Used to be right here. If you are a little more reflective, that's what I was looking for. I'm like, thoughtful, smart, (laughs) Um, reflective. You will notice that when we name the year and when we come into agreement as a house and as we pray and as we push forward, it becomes our reality that we live in as a house, because that's being unified on a common purpose, right? Our common purpose is the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's here to build the church. We're the church, so he's building us. Through a leader, he establishes vision that we can follow here on earth, which is a great thing. Our leader is speaking devoted over our year, being given to what God's saying, being given to God. My, my heart's devoted, my life's devoted, my bank account's devoted, everything about me. I'm finding space and room for you that's different, okay? And I want to encourage you that I'm just, in praying into this, that when we come together as a house, when we come together as a body, each individual person brings who they are into the body of Christ. They bring their experience their fears, their worries, their expectations, their joys, their triumphs. They bring it all into the body. And what I'm feeling today is when we want to be a body that God can build on a devoted life, like when God says devoted, another word for that that Matt said was consecrated, which is an Old Testament term, which if you want to know what that means, it means get ready. Turn everything about you to the Lord. Get ready in body, soul, and spirit. Get ready, okay? In the Old Testament, it says, get ready for I'm about to do amazing things in your midst. That's amazing. Get ready, because I'm about to do amazing things in your midst. I'm here to prophesy that God's about to do amazing things in our midst this year because of what the name of devoted means to us individually. But as he's speaking that, I feel like we as a house, we need to get into wholeness. Not just in our souls, 
but in our spirits, in our hearts, in our minds. We need to be people that grasp the word and live the word so that God can release the next things. He can release the amazing things that are coming, but we got to be able to work with him on where our part needs to be done. Does everybody get that? Okay, so this is a fantastic year. It's not a year where we navel gaze and get into our souls. It's a year where God gets in there and says, I want to fix that. I want to make you strong. I want to build on my house because that's my assignment. He's come to build the church. He's building a beautiful bride that he's coming back for. Without spots, without wrinkles, without holes, without messes, without wounds, he's coming back for us. So he's getting us ready. Amen? Okay, good. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Okay, Second Chronicles. Oh, see? I need these now. It's the afternoon light. 16.9. <laughs> There's no light in here. It's different. I know. All right. Our, year, our verse for the year says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout Rome, throughout the earth, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And as a house, we want to be fully committed to him so that he can strengthen us. And he is looking to do that. He's always looking over his bride, always looking over his church for what he can strengthen. And he can strengthen what we offer to him. He can't strengthen what we grasp and cling tightly to. So this morning, I just want to encourage you to lean in where the Holy Spirit's pushing you into the the committed and the devoted part. Last week, Matt spoke brilliantly and Holy Ghost inspired and covered and anointed on the devotion to the apostles' teaching in Acts 2, 42. If you did not get that sermon, you actually have to go back because you're getting a absolutely doused in the Holy Spirit Bible College course on the Apostle Paul. Okay, the power of the word, the cross, and the transformation that the word brings through our life when we will devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word, and to the way, okay? So buckle up, because this is going to be a great series. Um, and Yeah. All right. Another note. Take, take notes. Take notes. It really helps you pay attention in a society where all we do is scroll and zoom and look around and change channels. Taking notes makes you focus. Okay, so I'm just giving you a little life tip. Really helps. And then you can go back and go, oh, that's where my mind was blown. It's good. Okay, good? Okay, guys, it's not cloudy in here. All right, so we want to take a look at Acts 2.42 to 47 this morning. And focusing on 42 and 46 says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need every day they continued to meet in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
That's pretty good. If you had to sell the properties for everybody else, I'm sure that you're like, hmm, not a great day. Okay, if anybody wants to ever, like, challenge you on tithing, you could say you could sell everything. 10% a little easier, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Stay in my lane. I'm here to talk about fellowship. <sighs> but I could save so many meetings. <laughs> but I won't. All right. Okay. So let's look at verse 42 to 46. And it says that the fellowship had connection to being together with others in the house and outside the house. So they met in the temple and in their homes. Inside, outside. Okay? If this is the only connection you have to fellowshipping with the body of Christ, there's a fullness that is missing yet. Okay? This can't be it. This is a dip in but it's not the full expression of the heart of the Father for church. Church is inside and outside. Okay, you need fellowship inside the church and outside the church. Welcoming people into your home, welcoming them into your life, doing life together. That saying gets old, but there's no other way to say it. Well, I'm sure there is. Matt can figure out some better words. He's a little more eloquent. Okay, doing life together. I'm going to do all the seasons with you. I'm going to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner with you. I'm going to grab coffee with you. I'm going to worship with you. It looks like something when we fellowship together. Okay, so fellowship, it's a Greek word in here in the scripture that means koinonia. Well, it's translated koinonia, which is really just fun to say. So let's all say it. Koinonia. Yeah, see, it is fun, right? Major day? Okay, I knew it. Okay, koinonia actually means to be bound together. We don't like that, do we? I'm free. Think of all the songs that you listen to about like independence and selfishness and we've utterly been raised in it and then we come into church culture and we read the word and we're like, I don't wanna be bound to anyone. I'm my own person. That seems controlling. Sorry about the voice. <laughs> hey, we're supposed to be bound together. We're a body. If a body of believers is not bound together, it's not a body yet. It's parts looking for a home. Okay? Amputated from the source. So we are bound together to have everything in common, to share, to participate, and to contribute. That's koinonia, okay? In the English language, we have fellowship. Koinonia means bound together, to have everything in common, to share, to participate, and to contribute. It's a little bigger of a word when we say that. There's some meaning behind it, okay? Now you know when I say devoted to fellowship, this is what I mean, okay? Koinonia is actually a verb. Not a noun. We like to think everything in the Bible is a noun so that we have no ownership over it. When it's a verb, it's your responsibility 
to walk with the Lord and become mature and complete in the verb. It's not going to just happen. It's your participation to be bound, to contribute, to share, and to have everything in common. Okay? We want to be ones that share life together, and it requires our action as believers and followers inside and outside the church, in the temple gates and outside. Okay? It requires our participation. So in the temple gates, in their homes, with food, with glad and sincere hearts. Sounds like a nice list. Koinonia, with food, inside and outside the house, with glad and sincere hearts. For some reason, this is really difficult. <laughs> the food we've got down in North America. We got the food down. Okay? We love our food. Okay, food, you know, Gary, is it Gary Smalley? Yeah. yeah. We're all writing him a kindly worded email and saying, you missed a love language, food. <laughs> food. Chapman? Chapman? Gary Chapman. Yep, even better. We'll write the right person. Because <laughs> Gary Smalley would be like, you need to go see the doctor. <laughs> Something wrong with you, Okay. But there is another love language, and it is food. I'm sure of it. I had a son, and I guarantee you, if you want his attention, his affection, a deep conversation, food is the only way in. <laughs> it's the gateway. It is the source, okay? So I don't know why he missed that one, but food is on the list for sure. Glad and sincere hearts. This means that we're thankful about what God has given us in fellowship, okay? So I want you to look around the room without any eye rolls or faces made or rude things that happen on our face when we look at somebody we're not that much in contact with. And there should be glad and sincere hearts for the people that are sitting in this room. This is the family of God. These are the people that you are doing life with, koinonia, I'm bound to you, I'm contributing to you, I'm serving, I'm participating, and I'm sharing with you. This is them. Okay? So pure hearts is not an obligation, it's a pure place in you. Which, that is only when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, right? Otherwise, we strive and we people please. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of our fellowship and it becomes pure koinonia, there's an overflow of joy that you can't contain. Okay? So what, in uh, Psalms 122, verse 1, it says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Glad and sincere hearts. Rejoicing to go to the house of the Lord. What does your car ride here sound like? If ever my name comes up in the car ride, this is the only thing you say. Isn't she sweet? <laughs> Nothing else. Nothing else. Everything else is just not nice. <laughs> okay? Rejoicing with those who said, let's go to the house of the Lord. In the Psalms of Ascent, which this is written in, the people of God would walk 
this long road together as the people of God and rejoice and sing psalms of praise back to one another about going to the house of the Lord, about how excited they were to get there. Okay, does that what your car ride sounds like? Well, it can. Okay, you want to teach your kids how to love the house of God? Talk right about it. Get them excited to be here. You know what God's going to do? Prophesy over your kids before they get here. Encourage them. Get them learning how to talk about the bride of Christ in a great manner. If your complaint is we're late, people are going to be mad at us. I don't want you to talk. When I say we're going, when I give you this look, let's leave. Like if that's what your kids are hearing, no wonder they don't want to go. This is a place we should not be at. Clearly, they don't like it here. They just want to get and go. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is a body of believers. I'm bound to them. I'm participating. I'm loving them. I'm serving them. Okay? Let that be a conversation in your car. Living in community, in fellowship, looks like sharing testimonies. If God's doing something amazing in your life, please tell someone. Like, hi. For the person who's been praying for 20 years and you're praying about the same thing and it happened, it might just change their whole world. You might be the seed of faith that needed to be watered in them and you helped water. You're participating. You're helping. I'm bound to you. I refuse to do my life without you. You're an important piece. Okay? Share testimonies. Carry each other's burdens. The opposite end of it. If somebody's carrying something heavy, pray with them. Don't say you're going to pray with them. Pray with them. Because we all know what I'll pray for you means. I don't have time right now. Can you move along? Okay, actually, just stop and pray. Pour some love out. Be bound to them in prayer. Participate with them. Have some action to it. Okay? Bear one another's burdens. The season will change. I promise. Okay? Now, bearing one another's burdens is not listening to complaining and gossiping. And I need to back up the bus here because this is really important in church because gossip is a, oh, come on, nailed it. Woo, y'all getting gold stars later. It's a sin. We bang the drum on other sins, but gossip has ripped apart more friendships and churches than I would like to care to count. The body count is high. Okay, here's what gossip is. It's the truth. A perspective of the truth that is coming from one side. One-sided truth that is spoken. And here's where it becomes gossip, when you listen. It's not gossip till it's out your mouth. It's just a thought. It's just an offense. It's just bitterness. But when it comes out your mouth, now it's gossip. Now it's a sin. Why? Because you just endangered somebody else's heart through your thoughts that you formed and made a solid truth about. Why is that dangerous? Because it's not edifying, and it's not building up, and it's not helping. None of it godly. Okay? Grumbling, complaining, and gossiping about the very body you're a part of seems nonsensical to me. I can't 
Anyway, I'll just keep the voices. <laughs> All right. So what I was trying to say is carrying one another's burdens is not carrying somebody else's offense or gossip. Carrying their burdens, like they just lost their job and you could really step it up as a life group and bring some gift cards and carry them in prayer and show up when they need it. Or if there's somebody in the hospital going to see how they're doing, making a phone call, carrying one another's burdens, not offenses. You're not meant to carry anybody else's offense. That's a bitter root that you don't want to grow up in anyone, even the person that's carrying it. Okay? Your job is to tell them, get that out of you. That's going to destroy you. Rip it out. Okay, moving on. Eating together. See? God's a foodie. <laughs> he really likes food. He mentions it in the word quite a bit. Eating together. Okay? Serving one another. <sighs> All right. Okay, so I have the microphone. <laughs> and unfortunately, you have the privilege of listening to me this morning and not some eloquent 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 words that are powerful and anointed. This is just Mama Lee's talk and you're going to just take it. <laughs> if you are not serving part of the body, you are slowly dying and mooching. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good word. You were meant to serve and participate because that's what koinonia means. I'm participating. I'm bound. It's an action. It's a verb. So here's the thing. We have lots of places for you to serve. It's like God knew. brilliant. Okay, we have kidsmen. We have nursery. We have media. We have parking lot. We have connections, cafe, prayer teams, missions teams. There are a myriad of ways that you can serve around here. If you just come and leave, you're missing the point. Serving one another helps you not be prideful and not just be an observer. Observers complain because they got, oh, their investment isn't fully out there. Okay, it's not being realized. It's not being touched. When you serve and somebody says, I don't like that, are you kidding me? I'm down here with the kids. I can't believe you just irritated me. Check out why that irritates you. Because you're about to grow. Okay, here's what most of us do. I quit. Because it's me, myself, and I. <laughs> okay? We're actually not meant to live that way, especially in Koinonia. You don't just come and get and leave. Okay? Does that work in your family? Uh-uh. Not in my house. You'll all participate. You'll unload the dishwasher. You'll do your laundry. And you, not when they're babies, but as they got older... <laughs> And capable, which is maturing in the faith. Maturing in koinonia looks like something, so serve somewhere. It's so important. You might meet your best friend while you're serving in the parking lot going, we are hauling these cars in. This is so fun. And you met your bestie. Okay? 
It's not an unnormal story. I don't know what the word for that is either. Okay, priority for the house of God. Koinonia has priority for this house. Not I dip in when I'm available. You show your family priority, right? So you show up because you're a vital part and an essential part. If you're not here, you're missed. So be here. Okay, in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. All right, so I'm going to mama lease this one again. Because I'm finding as I'm getting older, I care less, and I need to back up the bus some more for framing some concepts that I think are just like a given, but they're really not. The devil has no new tricks, like none. He's been doing them for centuries and eons and whatever way you want to say, millennials, millenniums, you know, split time in half and it's still happening before there, like he's trying to fix these things. And we still fall for it all the time, okay? What's the enemy's trick in the house of God? If he can get you alone and discouraged, now I have you over here isolated with your own thoughts, no one to bounce them off, no one to encourage you, and no one to speak truth to you, you are ripe for the taken. Okay? So if you've ever thought, my reaction to church hurt is to isolate myself and hide, bad response. If you are in a church that is abusive and you have come out of that, your response to find wholeness and healing is important. Okay? But regular challenge and growth is a part of every body. Okay? So if you are overdoing it and you just are defensive and don't like criticism, check yourself. Because the enemy will want to isolate you. And there are no new tricks. So if you constantly say, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, and here's all my excuses why, please know that you are alone. Alone is not koinonia. You're not devoted to it. Get devoted to it, and you're protected. You're in the body. You're able to find the enemy's schemes, okay? Another Bible concept. You are not unaware of the enemy's schemes, plans, purposes that are sinister. Why does he have to do that? Because he's rude. <laughs> okay? You're not unaware. You have the mind of Christ. You have the truth of the word. So when we live the word and we have his mind and the Holy Spirit counseling us into all truth while we're in fellowship with people that we are participating with, contributing to, and bound to, we are not easy prey. You're in a fortress where the enemy doesn't have full access to you. He can only tempt Okay, so remain in the house of the Lord. Yes, it is good. All right. In Acts 5.42, it says, Day after day in the temple courts 
and from the house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In Luke 24, 53, it says, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Priority, house of God. I understand life is busy. Choose, 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 choose what you prioritize on. If you want your kids to love the house of God for the rest of their life, prioritize on it. They follow you. Why do you expect them to follow you in everything but this? We're not the ones discipling your kids, you are. Pastor Ashley is supplementing what you do at home. Pastor Curtis is filling in and supporting what you do at home. Prioritize here. Prioritize this. This will never go away for them if you don't want it to. You run them to everything else. Prioritize. If it's Sunday, hey, why don't you ask a friend over this afternoon? Okay, I'm just going to give away a couple parenting tips. I always had my kids sit with a friend on a Sunday. And unfortunately, one of them had to sit with me <laughs> and the friend. <laughs> because I just had to tap them a few times. Okay? Prioritize friendship. Doesn't mean that they don't sit with you. It means make connection a priority for them too. When they've come out of kids' church and they're like, oh, this is a long service. Yeah, make them take notes. Keep them focused. Tell them why, the, why we're here. Explain it. Talk to them. Share heart. But then maybe after church, invite a friend over. Invite a family over that has children the same age as you. It is not rocket science. You'll do it for hockey and everything else. Do it for the house of the Lord. Make it a priority. If your kids are in youth group, Friday night, be here. If their work wants them to work, say, ah, 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 ah. priority. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, but we're going to live in the priority of the kingdom. Priority, okay? It will overflow into your house, I promise. Okay? Fellowship builds unity. Fellowship brings a singleness of heart. And in the singleness of heart, we learn to contend as a house in unity for a holy innocence over our church family through the unity. So Ephesians 4, 2 to 4 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Okay? We glorify God when we love each other. Okay? There is a unity in this house. I'm not saying that we need to bring it or that it's wrong or there's something disturbed in it. There is a unity that is precious to God, and we need to keep contending for it in how we prioritize the house of God, how we unify in what we say, do, and act in the house of God, in our family, and how it overflows, okay? When we are living in that holy innocence and protecting unity, there is a love that flows out of us that is different than the world's love. It's not team dynamics. It's love. It's love. And it's very different than we are buds and we get along. It's something that the Holy Spirit's producing. Okay? In John 
13, 34, and 35, it says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Loving one another here affects out there. How is that? Because it's the kingdom, and it's upside down. And it doesn't make sense to a natural mind. When you're a part of it, you're like, oh, I get it. Because loving one another requires that I die to myself. And I prefer you. And that's something the world that is about me, myself, and I is hungry for. That's attractive. Man, these people just give, and they're there for each other. They support, and they pray. I want a community like that. Oh, you should come into Koinonia, where we have a verb going on. We have some action to our love. You can see it. It's tangible. Okay? The fruit of love comes through consistency. Love just doesn't pop up and we got it. Consistency. Be consistent in koinonia. Okay, fellowship helps us grow through celebration and challenge. <laughs> All right, in fellowship we will walk through the good and the bad because we're a living body. If your whole life is good, I'm so proud of you. But if you've had some bad in your life and you felt alone, that's pretty normal. Very normal, actually. So here's the deal. In Koinonia, we don't have to feel alone. If you're an introvert and you like pass people in the lobby, which I will never understand, never, ever in a million years, it's like high school all over again. Like, we're going to take the bus in five minutes together, but we're just not going to acknowledge that either of us exist. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Then you get 30 and you, like, talk to everyone. Hi! Extrovert problems. Okay? If you're introverted or you have wounds or you have, like, distrust for people, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. You still need to talk to people and let the Holy Spirit deal with you. It's a duo process. Okay, you're not exempt from the working of the Holy Spirit who is a counselor and leads you into all truth and will set you free, by the way. So if you've been carrying church hurt for more than like a week, get on your face with the Holy Spirit and let him release you. Let him do it. It's deep. Does it hurt? You bet. You bet, because you're going to have to let go of yourself. Okay, but then guess what? There is 1,200 people here who you could say hi to. So big church, make it smaller. That's our job. Koinonia, I'm going to participate. I'm bound. I'm sharing. I'm connecting. I'm contributing. My job. Okay? So, no, let's not show hands who's extroverted and introverted. <laughs> It's bad. That was a flesh move. <laughs> we won't do that. I was just going to say, we, we would know who to help along. 
okay? If you're an introvert, it's not that you're needy or that you don't need people, like you need to do it for me. It's that you just need a little bit of courage. And in the house of the Lord, you can have all the courage you can muster because that's what the Holy Spirit will do in you. So when you pass somebody on the stairs, say hi. When you sit beside someone, which you should be sitting beside someone in church. Sitting alone, I don't, I don't quite get it because I'm an extrovert. So I, I, I'm sorry for my extrovertedness and not understanding. Like you came out of your house, which is Ecclesia, to be together as the church, and then you don't want to interact with a living organism. <laughs> it's like the dog head tilt. <laughs> we doing what now? Okay. Church is not a community center. It's living. It's active. Christ is the head of it. We reflect him. He's in relationship with us. He's given us fellowship, koinonia, enjoy. He already set the table. You just participate. Okay, okay. Um, coming back. Okay, so in the body we do all seasons and we're supposed to overflow as we get older and we grow in relationship with God with wisdom. We're supposed to. Wisdom expresses itself through the body and through the word and through others. You'll get a ton of wisdom out of here. I mean, just read Proverbs. You're like, wow, this is a cheat sheet for life. It's like the Coles note in every exam. It's got to be in Proverbs. Friendships, life, finances, hurt, pain, how to guard your heart, wisdom, gossip. It's all in there. And you're like, wow, it's only 31 chapters. I can totally read that. Okay, through others. If you have a hard time receiving wisdom from others, check yourself. Why am I so defensive? Is it something from my past? Deal with it. God has done such incredible things for us. He sets us free through salvation, and then we have to live with ourselves. But guess what? He said, I'm going to come alongside you with the Holy Spirit so that you're not alone. Because the worst thing you can do is live with old offenses when you've been set free. It will rot and make different chambers in your heart than the ones that should be existing. So, Get wisdom from others. Proverbs 27, 17. Proverbs, here we go with wisdom. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Okay, so we don't quite understand. I was looking for a video to show you. But my tech skill is like really small. Like un poquito. Um, iron sharpening iron. We don't like you know, display it, but if a blacksmith was sharpening iron, it is violent, it's aggressive, there's sparks everywhere, he's hammering, he's sweating, and he is pulling things that you're like, how are you doing that? That doesn't seem human, but it is, okay? He cools it down, heats it back up, sharpens it, Sparks are flying. Things are getting formed. He's looking for imperfections inside the iron to take them out. That's what the sharpening's for. 
He's creating something that is sharp without imperfection. Koinonia. It's aggressive. It has an action as well. It looks like something. So while I'm saying that, is there anything inside you that's like, oh, I just want to run. I didn't mean you, sir. <laughs> is there anything in you that's like, oh, I don't want that kind of fellowship. I just want to turtle and people leave me to myself. Because that's called self-protection and it is a form of existence, but it's really not cool because you'll be the same person your whole life with the imperfections inside. But here's what koinonia does. It gets in there and says, hey, that's not supposed to be there. That's not biblical. You should let the Holy Spirit touch that. Sparks are flying. Things are happening. Cool down. You got it out. Whew. All of a sudden, it comes out again. Oh getting heated up. Here comes the aggressiveness. The words that are trying to challenge you. Okay? Is there fear that comes up in you? Anxiousness? Self-protection? In the body of Christ? Again, this I'm talking outside of an abusive church culture. I'm talking healthy. We're going biblical. I'm calling you higher. You can live better. And I'm using the word as my backing and wisdom. What is the damage in that? You actually want this. You need it in koinonia. I'm participating with you. This is a verb. I'm bound to you, so I'm going to help you. Okay? We want this kind of devotion in fellowship because it is frequent and we want to be shaped and changed by Jesus Christ, but he's also using people in the body to do that as well, okay? So growth comes from, in iron sharpening iron, challenge, coaching, truth-telling, questions, and guidance. So maturity is knowing that correction and guidance means you are being loved into a more useful, pure place in the body. So someone says to you, hey, so I noticed that you fill your whole life with hamster competitions. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to be neutral. I don't even know if there is such a thing, okay? You go to work and then you drive your hamsters to these competitions and you do that all week, and all you do is come on Sunday morning. Like, you don't have time. <laughs> you don't have time to go to people's houses. You don't have time for phone calls. The hamsters don't have any fellowship. Like, what are you doing? If that kind of conversation happens, what happens to you? Are you super uber defensive? Like, this is the life I picked, and God knows, and I'm the church everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, the eye rolls. I, I did say in the first service that if you've ever had a fence with my eye rolls, I promise they weren't pointed to you. Just there's a lot going on up here, <laughs> and I often make faces while I'm processing, 
And sometimes you're the recipient of, I just solved the world's problems, those doofuses. But I could be looking right at you. So I apologize if you've ever gotten in the car and we're like, Pastor Lisa's so mean. I don't even know what I did. She's just totally rude. Pre-apologizing from now till eternity, till I pass to the other side, it's just a workout that's just happening all the time. Okay? I regress. But if your hamster competitions are taking over your life, <laughs> koinonia needs to be a priority. Okay? And it will help when somebody says, hey, why don't you reprioritize? That's wisdom and that's truth trying to set you free and set you back in a place where you can receive more and what you were made for. Okay? It needs to be in here and out of here. In the church, in your home. Okay? If you don't have people over because you think the dust on your floor is a real deterrent to friendship, think deeper. Okay? I've been on missions trip and been in people's houses that are made out of literal tin cans, and they're the happiest people on the planet to have you over. Why? Sincere, glad, thankful hearts. Enjoying Koinonia. While we live in our mansions and are worried about the dust on the floor, come on worried more about ourselves and how we appear than actual something spiritual going on. The spiritual part is be together. Who cares about your house, ladies? For serious, who cares? If your house is full of clothes that need to be folded and dishes all over the counter, welcome to the club. You think there's a lady going in there that thinks, wow, nobody else's house looks like this. They just came from the same house. Okay, so just relax. And if you're the lady that judges, pray about it. Seriously, like maybe help them then. Do you need help? I would love to do your dishes for you. I actually love doing the other people's dishes. My own is like, ugh. I have a very deep hate relationship with my own dishes, but I love your dishes. So if you need help with dishes, I'm your lady. I love, and I don't use the dishwasher. For some reason, I have to wash them all in the sink. So make sure you have a bottle of soap ready for me. Okay. So immaturity will cause you to be defensive, fearful, and frustrated at challenge. Maturity will let you know this person's trying to grow and sharpen me. So it will produce love in you that can't be moved. Okay. So we want to go past hurt and misunderstanding and let the Holy Spirit craft in us and adjust us to the beauty of devoted fellowship. Okay? Not just I showed up, but I'm devoted. Okay? So here's my tip. Invite Holy Spirit in what to frustrate you into. I don't know what that was. Into what frustrates you and causes you pain. Invite him in. And say, what is manifesting here? What are you trying to put your finger on? What are you trying to dig up? Okay? And then dig it up. It's not enough to know about it. Do something. Have you ever met somebody who's like, oh, I'm just bitter and judgmental? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you enjoying that? Because <laughs> I'm not. If you know your weaknesses, work on them. My goodness. Hello. Anyway. Okay. Invite the Holy Spirit in. 
Don't let the enemy distract you. If he's exposing something, don't get so busy as to let it be exposed and then walk away. If there's exposure, that means it's toxic. Get it out. Because you will see a flourishing of being devoted in fellowship that you've never had before. Okay? Being devoted in fellowship requires that you understand that we are a body. Living, active, pieces everywhere. And it's not carnage. We're all connected. We're alive with each other. Okay? So you're part of a beautiful living design that God wants to build with. I don't know if you've ever thought of when you're going to church, I'm going to do koinonia, fellowship, in the deepest way. I'm going to participate, serve, be connected to, bonded to, have these verb outlets in an expression of living people that love me. That's beautiful. What a plan God had when he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to build a local body. And whatever I want to do there is going to win. And the things that need to go, they will go. Because the body knows how to fight what isn't good. Okay, if you get a virus, what did the good cells do? Oh, you can yell. They attack it. It's aggressive. They jump on it. They're like, ah! What are you doing here? <laughs> okay, if something isn't right in the body, jump on it. Attack it. Get it out. Give them a biblical reference for it. If you don't have one, bring them to somebody else and say, this isn't right. I don't even know where to look in my Bible, but I know it's there. Do something. Okay, we're the body. We're actually meant to be healthy. All right, I'm going to move on from that one. Okay, in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 21, it says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not, not an eye, would you make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Here where we need the counsel and revelation of the Holy Spirit of what part of the body are you? Because you'll find fulfillment in serving there and giving there and growing there. Okay, it's vital that you understand who you are. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're trying to be you living at your fullest led by the Holy Spirit, loving one another in the body. Okay? So when we grumble, complain, gossip, and divide, we amputate the body. We cut off sections and say, mm, I don't need that part. 
I don't like how it spoke to me. Like, if you cut off every part of your body that offends you, I'm sorry, but by the time you're 40, you'd be, like, in little shreds. <laughs> Stupid knee. <laughs> Creep today. Okay. Oh. Do you know when you get older, just if you're under 40, just bless your body every day? <laughs> because there's, like, a high awareness that when you sneeze after 40, <laughs> like, it's a high probability that you got to go see the chiropractor. And you're like, what is happening? I, I don't understand. Or if you vacuum, like you're out for a week, you're like calling in sick. Sorry, I vacuumed, man. You should see my carpet. <laughs> You'd know if you saw it. Like, I don't know what's happening, but okay. So as you're maturing and things get a little more tender, take care of the body. When they're young, you take care of them differently as well. Okay. The in-between crowd where you're like vital, giving it all and nothing hurts, everything's awesome. Make sure that the young and the old are attached to what you're doing so that you learn to honor the whole body. Okay? Really important that we do that part together. When we embrace our part of honor in other people's gifts and how they work in the body of Christ... We work at the holy innocence and the unity and the purpose of the kingdom in koinonia, in devoted fellowship. There is a part that we are partaking of in loving the body of Christ rightly. Amen? Okay, so I know that that came off a little bit more like the head tilt, but I honestly believe Holy Spirit is mending places of pain, frustration, and even deep sorrow that has been connected to church body pain, where we have fellowshiped and felt injured, misunderstood or misplaced, that the Holy Spirit is actually doing something phenomenal in this season, that they will know us by our love, and so when they come in, it's going to be very easy for us to be able to keep loving and keep discipling. But we got to make sure the foundation's good. we got to make sure that we're whole so that we give away a pure perfection of Jesus, the pure image back of he can do this in you. And you're going to love the body of Christ, okay? So I want to say, as one of your pastors, be devoted in the house and outside of the house. Change your schedule. Change your bank account. Change things that need to be prioritized so that the kingdom of God becomes first place. The body of Christ becomes what you nurture and what you get nurtured from. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device.